Welcome to Funeral Potatoes for the Singles Ward. Tune in to today's taboo topic with Kaylee and Tracy. Goodness, I feel like we need to start working on some like really cool like introduction <laughs> beginnings. Because <laughs> like I feel like lately we're just like okay, this is, we're in a comfortable spot right now. We enjoy doing this, and we're gonna get started talking now. But like. I don't know. Do we need to get funnier to like draw people in? Do we need to have a killer one-liner that's like, you guys have to listen now? I mean, I think originally we thought that we would do the whole like witty banter thing that like yes. my favorite murder does first, but uh-huh. now we have stopped doing that because we start recording yeah. twenty I minutes after. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I know, and then like, then we're at a comfortable spot, and we're like, okay, we're ready to get started talking, and then it's like, here, listeners, enter, greet, come join us in the beginning, of, in the middle, sorry, in the middle of our conversation, where we've already had like a good spot, but you have no idea where we really are, um, because you're joining us a little late, but that's okay, because it doesn't matter. Well, also, we started hitting record after our conversations because we realized we started talking crap about a lot of people that we knew <laughs> oh. and using that as a segue into our topic and I was like I don't think we can do that anymore no this is not a gossip podcast we're just, we, we should be better than that and it's not like our listeners actually know who we're talking about. So, like, gosh, I hope not. That'll be so awkward. <sighs> you know what? No, that's fine. I regret nothing and a little bit of everything. So, life is a journey, and we're here to learn from our mistakes, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. The important thing now is this is a new episode, and we have something new to talk about. Boom. <laughs> so. All right, I'm satisfied. Let's let's get really started. <laughs> okay. This week, we decided after talking about having a crisis of faith two weeks ago, we thought it would be fun and effective to continue that discussion by talking about miracles. Growing up in any religious setting, whether you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or not, you hear about miracles occurring because someone was extremely faithful, obedient, or just truly blessed by God. We specifically hear about miraculous healings, where people were on the brink of death and somehow made a full recovery, but oftentimes we overlook the many miracles that are happening in our everyday lives. There are miracles happening all around us all the time, and we just need the eyes to see them. So today we're going to be covering what is a miracle, why don't we talk about miracles more often, how we acquire a miracle, the having the eyes to see miracles, and our miracles happening in our day. So those are the things that we're going to be talking about today and focusing on. Miracles is kind of like a broad topic. So if you guys want to hear more about miracles in the future, let us know. Yes, there's all types. Yeah, there's seriously so many different types of miracles and different definitions, different ideas, different things like what and different interpretations of them throughout literature and history and every different form so honestly we really could take this in so many different directions um but yeah we'll definitely keep it a little bit basic but i mean we could easily turn this into a series eventually if we wanted to all right so let's do this what is a miracle um so webster's dictionary because we do love you know defining words it defines a miracle as an extraordinary event manifesting divine intervention in human affairs an extremely outstanding or unusual event thing or accomplishment all right. And um, so that's the basically the the world's definition of a miracle then. But we also have LDS.org, which defines a miracle as something that is an extraordinary event caused by the power of God. Miracles are an important element of, in the work of Jesus Christ. They include healings, restoring the dead to life, and resurrection. Miracles are a part of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Faith is necessary in order for miracles to be manifested. So that's a good basic explanation of what a miracle is. Yes, yeah. So the, as you can see, they're pretty much pretty similar. It's about like something that cr- something crazy that happens and is seen as an act of God, whether you you really have a religious faith or not. It's something that's very unexpected and surprise, basically. <laughs> surprise, yeah. Surprise, <laughs> miracles. <Yay. laughs> surprise, you're healed. Wow. Ta-da. 
the snap of the fingers and everything's better. Only it happened that quickly. Only, oh my gosh. Now, yeah, that would, that would, I would have used great, a miracle but... if that was the case. All right. So <laughs> in May 2000, Dallin H. Oaks gave a CES fireside in Alberta, Canada, and it was all about miracles. And we found this in the June 2001 Enzyme. So if you want to learn more about it it's a really great article and it's a really great talk that he gave and it has so many examples of miracles that are really really cool and mind-blowing so I highly recommend you check that out Um, but he says the word miracle is used in different ways we sometimes say that any happening we cannot explain is a miracle He goes on to explain that computers and cell phones are miracles because even though science can explain them, he cannot, which I thought was really cute. (laughs) Great. Honestly, well, yeah, when you do think of life in that manner, it's like every, a lot of things are a miracle. It's like when kids are, when you do like a little magic trick for a child and like pretend to take the tip of your thumb off, they're like, whoa, what? That's like a little miracle, even though you're very clearly just tricking them. Yeah. But it's great. That is adorable. Okay, sorry. Continue. (laughs) So he continues and says, another category of miracles, so-called, are the tricks that some magicians and religious practitioners stage in order to produce astonishing events in aid of their professions or ministries. Just like you said, he explains the people of old religious revivals using actors to portray healings or the magicians in Pharaoh's court who recreated Moses's miracles. So they were not actual miracles. They were just performances. Then he continues and says, not every manifestation or miracle comes from God or from mortal deception. The adversary has great powers to deceive, and he will use these to give his corrupted copy of the genuine miracles worked by the power of God. Oh, that's a really good reminder. Right? Yeah, not every miracle comes from God. I think that's such a good description of, like, the magicians in Pharaoh's court, too. Like, because Moses was... Literally performing miracles by setting out the plagues and like all of those other things. And the magicians in his court were able to duplicate almost all of them just by the great powers that they had. And I think that it's entirely possible that the powers that they had came from the adversary mm-hmm. and that he was trying to prove to Pharaoh that like Moses wasn't really a prophet of God. So amazing. So then. Elder Oaks continues by saying, I will now describe two types of genuine miracles. These two fit all of the elements of the definition. They are brought about by divine power. Mortals do not understand them, and mortals cannot duplicate them of themselves. They are, first, miracles worked by the power of the priesthood, and second, miracles worked through the power of faith without specifically invoking the power of the priesthood. I really like it that he gives like the broad umbrella of what these two different types of miracles are. So like every miracle that we experience in our lives can be fit under one umbrella or the other. Like if you're healed, if you're sick and you're healed after you got a priesthood blessing, that fits under the umbrella of a miracle worked by the power of the priesthood. If you are like walking down the street and you hear a prompting to like get out of the way and you move and then a car crash happens right where you were standing. That's a miracle worked through faith by you listening to the Holy ghost. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I had thought of those distinctions before, but that really does make sense. Like either it's by a certain power or it's it's through certain powers, such as the priesthood or faith. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like that. All right, so yeah, so those are our definitions of miracles I will be referring to for today's episode. So the thing is, though, a lot of times it's hard to talk about miracles because it's easy to get them confused with like different ideas, and it's hard to sometimes just find what certain circumstances really are miracles. Um, so a lot of time the discussion does get muted and highlighted for other equally or more important to subjects such as faith and priesthood. So We don't always talk about miracles is basically what I'm trying to say. So, Tracy, why don't we? Why don't we talk about miracles more often? Again, Dallin A. Chokes. I'm going to use the same (laughs) article a lot. Bring it on. It was so good. So he said a lot of times the miracles that we experience are too sacred to discuss in regular conversation. 
Elder Oaks gave a really good quote from that talk that we were talking about. And he said, signs follow those that believe. Seeking a miracle to convert someone is improper sign seeking. By the same token, it is usually inappropriate to recite miraculous circumstances to a general audience that includes people with very different levels of spiritual maturity. To a general audience, miracles will be faith reinforcing for some, but an inappropriate sign for others. Although we are generally counseled not to speak of sacred things like the miracles we have witnessed, there are times when the Spirit prompts us to share these experiences, sometimes even in a setting where our account will be published. The miracles written in the scriptures were obviously intended to strengthen the faith of those who already believed. Modern servants of the Lord have also felt impressed to describe miraculous events to strengthen the faith of believers. Like Elder Oak said, oftentimes the miracles we experience are too sacred to discuss in regular conversation or even in certain church settings like in gospel doctrine classes or Relief Society or priesthood or over the pulpit at sacrament meeting. But we have the opportunity to read the miracles that occur in history whether they're in church history or regular history. And we have this opportunity to kind of see them more clearly through our faith and through the eyes that the Lord gives us to see the miracles as they're occurring. For me, they reaffirm that miracles happen regularly in and out of the church. You don't have to just be a member of our church to receive a miracle. It can come to anyone at any time. I like that. And I think that's really important to highlight that miracles are something to appreciate and to respect and not to take so lightly um, that we just discuss them with anything like they happen for a reason and we need to discuss them in the like manner. It's really good to talk about miracles and to recognize that they're happening but I understand that it's really difficult to talk about miracles because a lot of times like people will experience a miracle in their lives and it will be something so deeply personal that they don't feel like they can share it. Right. I think there is something special to be said for the, how, how to say it, like the, the private, the sacred moments that you can have with your Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. I mean, one thing I've noticed that in, take, in taking care of myself is saying certain things that allow to make things more real when I'm struggling to understand something. So that's good for certain situations, but it's also good to keep other things um, unsaid because of how important that they are that they're not meant to be shared with everyone else that they belong more so in your heart rather than your head i like the way that you said that with having it more in your heart and not in your head that was really good kaylee yes okay so i'm always a sucker for george bernard shaw he said a miracle is an event which creates faith that is the purpose and nature of miracles frauds deceive an event which creates faith does not deceive therefore it is not a fraud but a miracle And I just kind of like how he mentioned that. Um, And as you can see from our discussion thus far, is that miracles are very much tied to faith. They have the ability to to grow, to help better develop it, but they also have the opportunity to almost ruin it for those who don't have enough faith. And it's something that we have to continuously keep in mind because faith really does play such an important part into our daily lives, um, along with that of our relationship to others like our Heavenly Father. And by being able to focus on our faith, then we will have a better understanding of the miracles that we experience. That's really good. I like that. The big question that I feel like a lot of people are asking at the end of 2020 is how on earth are we going to acquire a miracle? Like, how is it that we can get miracles to happen? What will it cost? Yeah. An arm, a leg, our souls. My sanity. No. Um, Okay. But, of course, Dalai Jokes does have a good answer that we can share he said miracles are not available for the asking we know this from the lord's revelation directing that the elders should be called to lay hands on and bless the sick it shall come to pass that he that hath faith in me to be healed and is not appointed unto death shall be healed from doctrine covenants 42 48 he continued to say that the will of the lord is always paramount the priesthood of the lord cannot be used to work a miracle contrary to the will of the lord We must also remember that even when a miracle is to occur, it will not occur on our desired schedule. The revelations teach that miraculous experiences occur in his own time and in his own way. Pulls from Doctrine and Covenants 88, 68. 
And honestly, I feel like he said a lot right there, but it's all so, so important. So we can't ask for them. Um, we have to focus on what the Lord is willing to offer and on his timetable, not ours. Yeah, I think it's more, you can't ask for a specific one. Like, mm -hmm. you can ask the Lord for miracles, but like within like what his thought process and what his timetable is for you. So not being like, yeah. Holy Father, I need the miracle of... You know, okay, dot, yeah, no, dot, dot, at yeah. dot, 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 time. Okay, I, I get what you're saying. Okay, no, that does make sense. I feel like uh, there's got to have been, like, I'm sure there's been plenty of stories here. But, yeah, I think I get it. Like, yeah, I really need help, like, we're doing well on a test. I've put mm -hmm. in my, I've done my studying. I've I've said my prayers. I fasted or something. Like, I could just use some help on this. Um, so that's totally not, we can definitely ask because that's asking for our, for his support. Um, and then like the miracle comes into playing like ex, like acing the test when you're just hoping to pass it or yeah. something like that. I remember from church history, that story about them like running low on food as they were crossing the plains and they were stuck in the snow just outside of like, I think they were in Wyoming at this point and all they had was like beef brine or something and like oh. gelatin oh gosh or like some skin or something and gelatin yeah. and so they prayed to know what to do with it and how to cook it so that way they could oh. eat it and stay nourished uh -huh. and then as they went through the whole process of making it they were like this is disgusting I don't want to eat it oh. and then they prayed that their stomachs would be strengthened to like accept oh, the food and like yeah. like fill their bodies essentially and then the miracle came after that like they all thought it was delicious they had plenty of food to like last them through that snowstorm and they were able to eat and just be filled and be taken care of so like oh, yeah? their prayers weren't for we want <laughs> We want a rack of ribs and we want, yeah. Yeah, we want better. Yeah. We just like all mm -hmm. they were asking for was to be able to handle what they were given. And the Lord gave them so much more than that. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that was the miracle. I, okay. Yeah. No, I like that. And that makes so much sense. Um, I don't know if I've heard that story before. I feel like I would have remembered it because gelatin and beef brine. Yikes. But yeah, like, and there are a lot of blessings actually and miracles when you mention it about food. And. <laughs> Our church stories with the pioneers and even in the Old Testament, you know, with uh, Moses, the Israelites and manna. And because we do, we need to stay fed. Like that's how we survive this time. And I, and of course, it's always a really good comparison reminder that, you know, Jesus Christ is the bread of life. Like we need to be fed. We need to be fed spiritually and physically and mm -hmm. miracles happen to ensure that. Yeah. We're yeah. a very food-centered people. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. Yeah, um, possibly <laughs> too much, but also maybe not enough. I don't. I think yeah, just enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, we we definitely cannot bash on that. Seeing as it's called funeral potatoes, we <laughs> would never bash on food. So we're food obsessed. Okay, we are. so yeah, then in the March 2019 new era. We have this other really great quote that says, often miracles manifest God's power to his children or teach a spiritual principle. Other times miracles can confirm a previous revelation, such as the signs of Christ's birth in the Americas. God can also use miracles to advance his work, family history work, missionary work, and more. But if we seek miracles for the wrong reasons, we can run into trouble. The most common problem comes if we seek signs as proof of God's existence. If we don't add any faith to the equation, these signs won't ever lead to real, lasting conversion. It would also be wrong to seek miracles for popularity or money, for pursuing revenge, or for trying to change God's will. President Brigham Young taught, Miracles are not for the unbeliever. They are to console the saints, strengthen and confirm the faith of those who love, fear, and serve God. Understanding why God performs miracles can help us recognize them in our own lives. Oh, I really like that. I like how they explain that, like, the reasons and the intentions that we are seeking miracles. If we're seeking miracles for a sign that God exists or for, I love how they said, for revenge, that's like, <laughs> um, then obviously, like, Heavenly Father is not really going to give those to us. And I feel like basing your testimony on a miracle, 
or on a sign is not going to be effective in the long run because your memory will fade, mm-hmm. like the impression will fade, and then like there goes your testimony. But agreed. If you're partnering it with your faith, and if you know, if you're pursuing the miracle in order to strengthen your faith and to stay closer to the Savior, I feel like that is a better reason for the miracle to come than for the others. Definitely. And I think we have actually quite a few really good examples within the Book of Mormon specifically of people who saw miracles or received miracles and did not like turn out well after them. Like, I feel like the idea has been pushed along that says, hey, all I need is a miracle and then I will be a believer for the rest of my life. And that's hardly the scenario. Like, there's been very few people who that's worked out for. I mean, in the very beginning of the Book of Mormon, it's Laman and Lemuel. And honestly, I've never been able to get over this. They were, sur- they were surrounded by so much potential with their brother Nephi and with, and with like, their father, like, a prophet. Like, yeah. and they experienced so many miracles in their life. And yet they're just like, no, no. This angel may have popped out of nowhere, but, like, eh. Nah. Um, yeah, I'm with you on that one, Kaylee. Right? And then it's, it's just so crazy. And then there's also examples. I think it's usually Alma who got asked by one guy who was like, hey, like, give me a miracle. And then, like, then I'll believe and I'll stop fighting the church. And then they're like, well, that's that's not how this works. And I don't remember if it was him, that guy, or some other guy who, like, immediately got struck down and then died. It was the same guy. It was. Was it okay? It was Zeezrom. Okay, I was saying Kishkumen, and I did not think that was right. So I think it was Zeezrom because he was yeah. talking smack about the church, and then Alma That's... and Amulek were like, "We're not going to give Amulek, you a sign," oh and God. then he was like, "No, no, give me a sign," and then they struck him dumb, and he was like unable to speak, so Ew. he was writing down his responses, and then they were like, okay, "Yeah, yes. we're just we're just going to leave you like this because we know if we fix you, you're just going to go back to the way it was." Mm-hmm. So forget it. Exactly. Yeah, and so. And that's the thing with a lot of miracles, like we've already said before, that miracles don't necessarily have to be freak accidents. They can be things that happen when they're meant to happen. If you if you want to try hard enough, yeah, sure, you can find a lot of scientific answers for certain miracles that happen. Like that is definitely possible. Yeah, if he'd been healed from his uh, muteness, then he would... and dumbness however we want to define it here if he'd then gotten the ability back to speak then he'd just be like no that was a freak accident like i just i was really dehydrated you guys like i just wasn't drinking enough water (laughs) and then he yeah then it's it's so much harder to take a miracle seriously after that situation i I don't know like there's just so many miracles that can happen but if we're not willing to accept them for what they are and if we're looking for excuses for why they really happen then removing the factor of faith in our lives as well as our relationship with heavenly father which and that will lead us down a dark and lonely path i think what you just said leads us perfectly into this next quote it comes from that same new era article it says Mm -hmm. recognizing a miracle is part of the miracle itself if we view life through a lens of faith in jesus christ our eyes will be opened to the many miracles all around us the Lord performs both seemingly ordinary and extraordinary miracles in our day. Faithful followers of Jesus Christ in every dispensation have experienced dramatic healings and unexplainable successes. However, we should not overlook the everyday events that act as reminders of God's hand in our lives. Sometimes we just have to recognize them. Amen. Yes, miracles are not always going to be meals dropping out of the sky and an angel coming down (laughs) and stopping a fight like that's not always going to happen sometimes it's just being able to get to work on time or Mm -hmm. have or being healthy in the middle of a pandemic like there's going to be small there's going to be small things that we can take into consideration and use to grow our faith by finding these miracles in our lives they're everywhere and I remember struggling once because there I, there had been a lesson about miracles in church, and they're like, okay, like let's let's work on making a list of all the the miracles that we it, we've experienced in our lives, and I was like, I have not seen any angels, so I don't I don't have anything to share, uh, but then no, of course everyone proved me wrong and pointed out like, hey, I had this happen the other day, and this was exactly what I needed, and I was like, 
oh right that's a miracle like mm -hmm. there's there's so many different there are different types of miracles and small things that can happen that are meant to happen that can happen and should happen and they're still miraculous events even if they're tiny and you know i think that goes perfectly with what you were saying about layman and lemuel how like mm -hmm. They had huge things happening. Like they yes. had angels visit them. They had their boat traveled safely across the ocean. They had so many miracles happen around them and they were never able to fully recognize them. Like they recognized mm -hmm. them in the moment, but it never stuck. And I think yes. that comes, I think the big part of that comes from the fact that they didn't have faith in Jesus Christ. They had like faith in themselves and that was about it. They mm -hmm. didn't have that sure foundation of faith in Jesus Christ. And so whenever a miracle occurred, one, we saw that it scared them almost every single time. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then two, they would quickly repent, but then like a day later, they'd go back to doing what they were originally doing because it didn't sink in. As we're building our faith in Jesus Christ, we will have better eyes to see the miracles that are happening in our everyday life and we'll be able to recognize them appreciate them and hold on to them instead of just letting them flee by us like layman mm -hmm. and lemuel agreed agreed i love that all right so one of the things we can do is help ourselves and help each other develop our eyes to see miracles it's important that we learn to to see them to look out for them um, and one of the ways to do it is uh, something that Elder Rafael Epino of the 70 shared. He shared this in 2015 general conference where he talked about the general perspective of the gospel. And he said, perspective is the way we see things when we look at them from a certain distance, and it allows us to appreciate their true value. When our children were little, they used to watch a children's television channel that, pre that featured a program called What Do You See? The screen would zoom in very closely on something, and the children had to guess what it was as the image gradually widened. Once the entire object was visible, you could easily tell that it was a cat, a plant, a piece of fruit, and so on. We do not have to concern ourselves with each of its parts separately, but rather to try to bring the entire picture into focus, keeping in mind what the final result will be. The Lord knows where each piece belongs so that it fits into the plan. Faith in Father's plan gives us endurance and an eternal perspective to see things as he sees them. I think that can kind of go with not just thinking about miracles, but mm -hmm. with what we were talking about two weeks ago with overcoming a crisis of faith and seeing our struggles and our trials in the perspective that Heavenly Father sees them mm -hmm. instead of just seeing them in the moment. So like seeing it in the moment, you see like what he was talking about, you can't tell what it is. You just see this weird <laughs> blurry uh <-huh>. part <laughs> and you don't understand what it is. But if you're mm -hmm. focusing on seeing this trial and this struggle or even a miracle through Heavenly Father's view and perspective, then the whole picture comes into focus. You see the cat, you see the plant, you see the piece of fruit, you see whatever else it is. And so really working on asking the Lord to have an eternal perspective in your heart and in your mind always will help you be able to see and recognize your miracles more regularly. Amen to that. Honestly, like there's just so much good that we can see if we're willing to have that eternal perspective. All right. So going with the eternal perspective, Elder J.E. Jensen of the 70 in April 2000 General Conference said, when we understand the great plan of happiness, we are gaining an eternal perspective and the commandments, ordinances, covenants, and the experience, trials, and tribulations that we have can be seen in their true and eternal light. That And that's such a good point. Like, like you were saying earlier, Laman and Lemuel never really accepted or had any faith. And we can see that through um, all the others who demanded miracles from prophets of God. Um, they just they didn't have the faith and they didn't understand the great plan of happiness by building that foundation of knowledge, by having those spiritual cornerstones, like we've talked about in the past, then we begin to understand and see more clearly the whole picture. And that includes the miracles, however simple or however big they might be. I, I love agree. that. So cool. Um, and then in uh, General Conference 2017, Quentin L. Cook suggested that in order to see miracles more fully in our lives as well and to maintain an eternal perspective, that we need efficient humility 
Humility isn't some grand identifiable achievement or even overcoming some major challenge. It is a sign of spiritual strength. It is having the quiet confidence that day by day and hour by hour, we can rely on the Lord, serve him and achieve his purposes. It is my prayer that in this contentious world, we will continuously strive for true humility every day. Yes, humility. Like what? Like I wouldn't, I would not have thought about like adding that in like, oh, you want to see miracles? Be humble. That's literally what I was going to say. Like, oh, yeah. I never, <laughs> I never would have thought that, like, that was the key to unlocking uh-huh. the door of miracles would be having continuous humility. Right. But it makes sense. Yeah. Like, to have faith, you do need to be humble. You need to be accepting that, you know, that you're trusting in Heavenly Father to, to know what's going on and to lead you in the right direction. Like if you want to understand the great plan of happiness, then you need to see where you play your part and understand how the Lord and like Jesus Christ have done for you. Like you need to have a, have this spiritual strength. You know, I think humility probably also gives you the ability to see the tiny miracles that happen every single day. It probably helps you to recognize that like getting up for work on time when your alarm clock didn't go off or, Ooh, driving, yes. or driving somewhere safely, like those little things, like recognizing that those things are miracles that happen on a regular basis. And I think it really does take humility to be able to recognize those. I like that. That, that is a really good point. Yeah. It's accepting that there is something greater than yourself out there and, and learning to enjoy being part of it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love that. In October 2019 General Conference, Gary E. Stevenson said, Having an eternal perspective will give you greater clarity regarding how you think about your life priorities, solve problems, and face personal temptations. This can truly affect your overall approach to your entire life and the various decisions you will make along the way. I love this so much because the last six, no, longer than that, the last year, basically since I left my big girl job has been a time of me realigning my life priorities and figuring out where I wanted to end up with my life, both personally, professionally, spiritually, etc. One of the big things that has helped me was focusing on where I'm putting Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ into my priorities in my life mm-hmm. and recognizing that I had been putting them way lower than they should have been the entire time that I was working at my baseball job. Like they were probably like number three and like Mm. work was number one. Having that, having that hit me in the face first, it hurt because I was like, Oh geez, (laughs) I'm so stupid. But then after, (laughs) but then after I was like, wait a second, like I can do these things every single day to make sure that heavenly father and Jesus Christ are at the top of my life priority list And I can do all of these things to ensure that my priorities are in alignment with Heavenly Father's priorities for me as well. And after doing that, that definitely helped me have more of an eternal perspective, which has helped me get through the pandemic. But we'll talk more about my own personal miracles later on in the episode. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Exactly. Awesome. That's so great. So great. And then just to add on to that, I... I, I, don't know, I, I like pulling out like more content as well. That's not just related to our core doctrine and our gospel and everything, but I want to pull in uh, one more quote um, from Augustine of Hippo. Um, so long ago, um, smart person, clearly. <laughs> no, I don't remember the word. <laughs> An ancient philosopher? Yes, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, gosh. Like smart person long ago. Yeah. All right. Anyways, point is, they said miracles are not contrary to nature, but only contrary to what we know about nature. And I just feel like that really adds on to it. Like, just because we may not understand it, doesn't mean that it's that it's not happening. Sort of thing. Like, hello, Layman and Lemuel. Um. But I think it's also like a really good reminder and reiteration of everything that we've been saying, like that we don't always have to understand everything um, right away. And that's okay. Um, but as we begin to learn more, then we will learn more down the line that we'll begin to comprehend faith more. We'll begin to comprehend miracles and nature. The more we gather knowledge, the more we will understand the miracles in our lives. 
All right. So the big question that people have nowadays is, are miracles happening in our day? And for that one, we have a couple of quotes from general authorities and other important people that all affirm that, yes, there are miracles happening in our day. So Spencer W. Kimball said, we do have miracles today beyond imagination. What kinds of miracles do we have? All kinds. Revelations, visions, tongues, healings, special guidance and direction, evil spirits cast out. Where are they recorded? In the records of the church, in journals, in news, and magazine articles, and in the minds and memories of many people. I like that. I do. And I, I feel like that is a very positive statement. And it is a wonderful reminder that miracles are basically unlimited. Mm-hmm. Like they can happen to anyone all over the place. Like, And they're not just meant for certain people. They're meant for everyone. Um, so miracles are definitely happening. I just really like that. Then I'll go ahead with Dallin H. Oaks once more because, you know, he had so much to say about this. Um, he said that some miracles affect many people. The ultimate of such miracle is the atonement of Jesus Christ, the, his triumph over physical and spiritual death for all mankind. No miracle is more far-reaching or more magnificent. Other far-reaching miracles, impossible to explain by rational means, occur as a result of obedience to the commandments of God. Thus, there is something miraculous about the way the members of our church pay their tithing so faithfully and are blessed for doing so. Still another miracle is the way missionaries are protected during their labors. Of course, we have fatalities among our young missionaries, about three to six per year over the last decade, all of them tragic. But the official death rates for comparable age young men and young women in the United States are eight times higher than, than the death rates of our missionaries. In other words, our young men and women are eight times safer in the mission field than the general population of their peers at home. In view of the hazards of missionary labor, the mor- this mortality record is nothing less than a miracle. That is crazy. Yeah, I like I had no idea about that. Man, which which is really nice and even comforting because over the last couple of year, years, I have heard a few more um, stories about brothers and sisters who have died in the field, but they're still safe for the majority of it. Like that's, I don't know, there is something comforting to that, and I think that's one of the reasons that that miracles can happen, that they're here to strengthen our faith and to bring us comfort. Yeah, the Lord really takes care of his missionaries. Mm -hmm. So in October 2017 General Conference, Donald S. Hallstrom talked about miracles and asking the question if the Day of Miracles had ceased or not. He said, what about the innumerable faith-filled priesthood blessing receiving unendingly prayed for, covenant-keeping, full of hope Latter-day Saints whose miracle never comes, at least in the way they understand a miracle, at least in the way that others appear to receive miracles. What about those who suffer from profound afflictions, physically, mentally, emotionally, and for years or decades of their entire mortal life? What about those who die so very young? My limited knowledge cannot explain why sometimes there is divine intervention and other times there is not, but perhaps we lack an understanding of what constitutes a miracle. Often, we describe a miracle as being healed without a full explanation by medical science or as avoiding catastrophic danger by heeding a clear prompting. However, defining a miracle as a beneficial event brought about through divine power that mortals do not understand gives an expanded perspective into matters more eternal in nature. This definition also allows us to contemplate the vital role of faith in the receipt of a miracle. I think it's so powerful because there are a lot of people that never get their miracle while Mm -hmm. on this earth. Like, we've heard countless stories from conference about people who were blind and never received their vision again or were injured and never received the full strength of their physical body again. And there are years where people just don't receive that miracle in the way that they expect the miracle to come. But I love how he says that there's more to a miracle than just what you are expecting Mm -hmm. out of a miracle. Exactly, yes. The Lord has so many miracles that he is willing to give you And he is giving you all of those miracles. You just need to have the eyes to see those miracles through faith in him and through that expanded perspective. Agreed. Exactly. I think that's a really good point to make. I mean, and I mean, going back to um, those who have 
requested and demanded miracles and signs from God, we don't get to set the terms in this lifetime, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. uh, we are just here to experience life in whatever shape or form we happen to experience it. And miracles don't choose good people or bad people. They are meant for the faithful, but they still happen whether or not we are noticing them, whether or not we have the eyes for them. But overall, for the most part, like there's only so much we truly can understand about them. And at the end of the day, it's entirely up to God and and his plan. We don't get to set the standards or anything. We just have to hope that we will get to experience them in our lives and hope for the best because hardships will still, unfortunately, come. Yeah. Elder Hallstrom continues by saying, a critical question to ponder is where do we place our faith? Is our faith focused on simply wanting to be relieved of pain and suffering, or is it firmly centered on God the Father and his holy plan and in Jesus the Christ and his atonement? Faith in the Father and the Son allows us to understand and accept their will as we prepare for eternity. And I think that's such a, an important part to highlight is that if you're placing all of your faith in being healed or being given the exact blessing that you want in the exact timing that you want it, it's never going to come mm -hmm. and you're never going to be able to recognize it. But if you are firmly focused on Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ and their plan and your faith is centered in all of that, then you'll be able to understand and accept whatever miracle and answered prayer they decide to give you in the long run. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well said. Sidney S. Reynolds shared in the 2001 April Jenna Conference, he said that Moroni proclaimed that Jesus Christ did many mighty miracles, that many mighty miracles were wrought by the hands of the apostles, and that a God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever must be a God of miracles today. And I think that is, that's so important. Like, we can't just write off coincidences and strange things that happen and say that they don't mean anything because most often they do if we're willing to pay attention um, if we have our faith and he said that just as important as these mighty miracles um, referring to those that christ performed during his ministry are the smaller private miracles that teach each of us to have faith in the lord these come as we recognize and heed the promptings of the spirit in our lives and i think that makes a really good point because there's different types of miracles. Like he said, there's the mighty miracles, there's the smaller miracles, the private miracles. And it's important for us to consider that we're not like, we're rarely going to see those mighty miracles. But even if we don't have them in our lives, we can still learn from those that other people experience. The ones that are shared in the scriptures, that those are the ones we need to be focusing on. They will help bring us closer to our Heavenly Father, to Jesus Christ, where we can then better understand the plan of happiness where we'll be more humble and more likely to have the eyes that see more miracles around us. Yeah, I agree. I think that as we, again, like work on our faith and as we work on our relationship with the Lord, that we are going to be better able to see all of the miracles that happen in our lives, whether they're the big miraculous healings or an angel physically coming down and helping us or the really small ones that we've already talked about today. Sidney Reynolds continues by saying, I believe that all of us can bear witness to these small miracles. We know children who pray for help to find a lost item and find it. We know of young people who gather the courage to stand as a witness of God and feel his sustaining hand. We know friends who pay their tithing with the last of their money and then, through a miracle, find themselves able to pay their tuition or their rent or somehow obtain food for their family. We can share experiences of prayers answered and priesthood blessings that gave courage, brought comfort, or restored health. These daily miracles acquaint us with the hand of the Lord in our lives. It's important to recognize any kind of miracle that happens and how those miracles help us to see more clearly the hand of the Lord in our lives. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I mean, there's going to be the big miracles, like people coming back to life, people surviving horrendous moments, um, those, those winning moments like um, in the Olympics and in just the rebirth of nature after wildfires, things like that. Um, but there are daily miracles that we can be experiencing as well. They're going to be a lot smaller, um, but still important in our lives, whether we know it or not. 
it would be a blessing and an opportunity for us if we are ready to to pay attention and look around to see those daily miracles. And, you know, I liked how in conference, a lot of the speakers talked about recognizing the blessings and the little miracles that you have experienced during this time of turmoil mm-hmm. in 2020, essentially. I know that Elder Bednar in particular, talked about taking time to reflect and think about how you have been blessed during the last six months and how you have reframed your spiritual thinking over Mm -hmm. the last six months um, in conjunction with the spiritual preparation point that he was talking about in his talk. Mm -hmm. Even though 2020 has been a dumpster fire, both literally and figuratively, Yeah, (laughs) the world is still on fire. Right. Um, I feel like I've experienced so many this year that like I can't even complain really about 2020. Like, I mean, I do because (laughs) I just complain in general. Yeah, definitely. Bad things have happened, (laughs) but yeah, I I would agree that. I mean, I feel I was just saying that I feel the same way that we've been through hardships, but good things have still happened, and we are still we're still growing in Mm -hmm. a positive. way with our potential and there have been miracles along the way that have helped us get to where we are right now yeah like mm-hmm. everything that I needed over the last year the Lord has really taken care of and those have been huge miracles for me which yeah. for other people they might not seem like a miracle but for me they were huge miracles and I am just so grateful to have been able to experience that this year that even mm-hmm. though 2020 again has been a mess I mean, like, I feel like I haven't been as negatively affected by this year as I know other people have. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And uh, I like that. And I, I think that is very important that even if we don't feel like we're doing a lot, like a miracle can still be the lack of other issues in our lives. It can be feeling comforted and not feeling anxious or depressed for a while. It can be not having more problems and more troubles arise. Like it can't, it can be just like when things start to smooth out for you and work for the better without a lot of problems. I just thought of another story. Have you read the hiding place? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's what we read for book club last month. It's like the part of the story. Um, okay. For those who have not read the hiding place by Corey Tenboom, please do. It is a very easy read. It is a autobiography. It is a retelling of Corey and how she and her family were basically sent to concentration camps. And like they started out uh, seeing the Second World War coming their way and seeing hearing about Hitler and they're like, okay, this won't affect us and so on. Um, but it did. They were trying to take care of people um, like the Jewish because they were love being in good, caring people. But they were not. Were they Jewish themselves? I did not think they were Jewish. Here's the story. The story is that when Corey was in the concentration camps with her sister, Betsy, who was the sweetest, prettiest woman ever, Betsy would make the best of every situation that they were in. And she would make sure that they were thanking their God in prayers every night, still in the camps for for everything. And she was going around and adding like as much of everything she could in her prayers. And in her prayers, she would even thank God for the lice that they had because mm-hmm. there was always an infestation there. They were always covered. They could see the lice jumping back and forth. And it was not a great experience. Um, but what they learned down the line is that it was a miracle in disguise because it would keep the guards from getting too close to talking to them at night. They would not want to get near anybody with the lice, which meant all the women could group up together. um, And then one of them had access to a Bible so they could read their scriptures that night unbothered by the guards. I just think of that a lot. I know it gets heard in the church a lot. It's, it's a very, I mean, it's a very good story. It's just, it's heartwarming and heartbreaking all at once because there's going to be miracles, whether we see them or not, whether we want to acknowledge them or not, it is important that we are being humble and keeping our eyes to see what the Lord is doing, is there doing for us, because it, it could bring other hardships into our life, like the lice, um, but there's still good things that are going to happen to us. The fact that they were able to have their scriptures and read every night together, um, I can't imagine how much that must have meant to them while they were suffering like that. So that's all. I feel like at this point, we should 
encourage you guys to look for the miracles that you've had in your life. Maybe even just going back through the last year. Like, let's look at January 2020, January 1st through now. What Mm -hmm. miracles have you experienced? And if you are unable to pinpoint even one, take some time to ask the Lord to remind you what those miracles were. Because I can guarantee that there have been miracles happening in your life, whether you recognize them right now or not. I promise that if you ask the Lord to show you what those miracles are, that he will give you so many and he will help you to recognize what you've already seen. It'll help you to remember that the Lord is constantly giving us miracles every single day. Amen to that. Yes, please go to the Lord, ask for his guidance on finding them because yeah, we assure you that there have been miracles. Even through these hardships, there is so much good still happening that we can still experience. And don't take the small miracles for granted. Even if you can't think of too many right now, it's okay if you can just think of one or three because every miracle does matter. It's just a reminder um, for our faith to grow and to be reminded that Heavenly Father is watching out for all of us. Exactly. I feel like we should be playing that song. There can be miracles when you believe, like somewhere in here too. Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, the only one, the one I was thinking about earlier today was the Leslie McGuire one from from the movie Miracles. Ha- nope, is that Princess Diaries? Princess Diaries. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. My younger self would be so embarrassed for mixing those two up. Maybe I'll find a way to mix those two in here. It'll we'll, <laughs> we'll play underneath whatever we're no, saying. Miracles happen once in a while. There you go. <laughs> you believe. See? Hey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, miracles. They exist. They're real. They're awesome. They may not be big or huge or noticeable, but they're there. They're happening. They're happening all over. So keep an eye out for them. And we wish you well on that front. Be safe. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care. Bye.